Good afternoon and welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update. The Youth Sports Safety Update is a podcast created by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. It was dedicated to awareness, advocacy, and prevention of sports injuries throughout the state of Florida and throughout the nation. A privilege this afternoon to have Captain Eric Mitchell. He's also Dr. Eric Mitchell. I'll have him explain that a little bit, but he's with the Jacksonville Fire and Rescue Department who over the number of years here in Jacksonville have become a great partner to the athletic training and sports medicine community. Uh, I know even back in the 90s, we were having meetings uh, beginning with the EMS and we always felt it was good to meet the EMS before the season started rather than right there when an emergency happened. And they have been great partners, very supportive, uh, help us in training and uh, supporting our athletic trainers. Uh, that now we have 17 full-time athletic trainers here in Duval County uh, up in Northeast Florida. Welcome, Dr. Slash Captain Mitchell. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks, Jim, man. So it's an honor to be here. I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about what we're doing in Duval County. All right. Well, I want to add, too, you were the recipient of the Mayo Clinic Youth Sports Safety Impact Award, which was which was presented at the 2023 North Florida High School Sports Safety Awards and Gala back in uh, the middle of May. It was a great event, but it was recognizing uh, yourself and JFRD for your efforts in collaboration and uh, just wanting to promote youth sports safety uh, at the high school, middle school, and just all levels of, of competition. So what, what does that mean? Congratulations again. And what does that award mean to you and your department? I'm gonna be honest, Jim, it, it was unexpected and humbling, but but I'm extremely honored, extremely honored. And for us as an agency, and even, even myself as an individual, it just means that we're headed in the right direction. You know, and that direction, it encompasses our collaborations and our efforts to support the common value of, of safe events and our safety in sports. So it means a lot. Okay. So what's, what's your specific role with JFRD? What's your responsibilities? Okay, yeah. So my, my current title is, uh, my rank is the rank of captain, and my job title is special events coordinator. And so what that means is I coordinate our resources and our response and events within the city of Jacksonville, Jacksonville Beach. For example, the Jaguars games or concerts, uh, races such as uh, the River Run, things of that nature, any festivals that we might have in, in Jackson Beach. I, I coordinate our responses, our resources, our tactics, and our strategies. And as I said, you're a great partner with the Duval County Public Schools and the athletic trainers. So how does that uh Kind of define how you put all that together and, and form a, a partnership with, okay. with the JFRD and DCPS. Oh yeah, yeah. So one of our one of our collaborations is, is like you said, with DCPS and JSMP uh, in terms of of providing that EMS support at high school football games, and and that is also one of the additional roles that I that I have here within the fire department it's kind of bridging the gap between jfrd and duval county public schools but it all goes back to that common value that shared value that we have of safety and how can we make each event each football game a safe event okay so friday nights might look a little different because people parents coming to the game they might not see an ambulance on the field and sometimes they that gives them a measure of safety. But what uh, what particular people support 
and supplies do you have there in so that if a response needs to be made, it's really done in the same amount of time that if somebody called 911. Right, right. So or even quick or even quicker, really. Yeah, exactly. Because because you actually have the resource there. So so on Friday nights, we'll, we'll have a, an EMS team assigned to a specific school, uh, whether it's Terry Parker, uh, Reigns, um, Reball, Ed White, whichever school. Uh, we have a, a team that's assigned and that team has the capability of communicating directly with our dispatch center. So you'll have an EMT, at least an EMT on site with an AED oxygen, medical equipment to respond uh, efficiently and effectively, as well as make the necessary call to, to call for additional resources and transport a child or even a, a parent uh, from the stands as, as need be. So you have our okay. services right there and access to our system, which is vital and critical to, uh, to that safe event. Okay. So one, one aspect of preparation we uh, impart is the um, medical timeout, which we have about a half hour before the start of each game. The athletic trainers from both the home and away teams are there. Physicians, if they're available, uh, the EMS personnel, other security, school administrators, anybody that we can have there for that. And so that allows for introductions, effective communication before the game and before anything happens in that. So that's been a very uh, good collaborative effort because, again, we don't want to be making we're making emergency decisions, but we're not arguing over the protocols or arguing over who's going to do what or that. There's a coordinated team leader uh, for an emergency response. And then they will immediately call uh, for transport or the helicopter or whatever is needed in a situation. One thing we, we've tried to do is to uh, look at your protocols, look at athletic training protocols and how best to merge those. I'll give an example. Uh, several years ago, uh, the athletic trainers brought up uh, the aspect of cold water immersion, the concept of cooling first, transporting second. And JFRD was very responsive to look into that, look into the research. And so they adjusted their protocols that if a uh, unit uh, responds, say during the middle of the week, and there's an athlete that's been uh, suspected of exertional heat illness, have been placed in the cold tub, they will monitor that patient and um, cool first and get their body temperature, core body temperature down before they'll transport him because they don't have extraordinary means in the wagon or even at the hospital to cool that person down. So that's an example of the working together to come up with unified protocols and procedures, which has been very positive. But what are some other of those protocols you think that we're still needing to work on or where you've seen the benefit of those uh, unified collaborations working? Well, I, I think the medical timeout is a great aspect to to really build upon and and, and even the, the you know like like you said the the use of the cold water immersion that that, that is it's a great piece to, to build upon because what it does is it fosters the communication it causes us to to look outside the, our norm in terms of our our treatment methods and, and even our transport methods you know for us being paramedics being 
uh, EMTs being first responders, the, the end game for us is to get the patient to definitive care. If it's a trauma call, definitive care is going to be inside of a trauma center. But what we learned is with the cold water immersion, although we want to grab and go per se and, and get to the hospital, sometimes it's better to, to wait. You know, it's better to, to stay in place, so to speak. Those those little catchphrases that, that we use on our side. And to, to really uh, delve into understanding and, and having those conversations with the subject matter experts at that time, which becomes the athletic trainer, which becomes, you know, that if, they, if the head coach is trained into it, the, the, the group from JSNP. So, so for, for me, the greatest, uh, the next level to everything is just, to, just a consistency and keeping the communication lines open and being willing to say, hey, I don't have it all figured out. What can I learn from the athletic trainer? What can I learn from 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 my professional colleagues? And, and how can we kind of bring those things together that way? Right. And we we feel the same way. So there's not an there's not an we tried as to break down any of those adversarial or confrontational relationships or whatever that may occur um, so that it's really about the patient care, uh, them getting the best care possible and, and working through that. You know, we have a program uh, that's going to be held uh, July the 26th at the University of North Florida, where we bring together um, a holistic approach to preseason preparation. We work together with the EMS and the athletic trainers. So what I know you've, you're on that program. So what are you and your group trying to uh, establish and communicate this year? Uh, again, it's the, the starting with the communication, you know. Hey, let's let's not be afraid to to talk. Let's not be afraid to keep those communication lines open. That very much like if you, if, for example, the the football team, you know, the professional football team, or even high school football team, you know, they're consistently training throughout the year. You know, you have the tour days in the summer, you have the preseason, the regular season, you have the spring football game. That they're, they're consistently building on the team dynamics. So, one of the aspects I want to bring is the importance of communication. And, and I think when the individuals, the athletic trainers that I'm working with, you know, they, they'll support that. And, and, and actually, we communicate throughout the year, you know, to say, OK, this is what worked, you know, during the season or this didn't work. And, and the ultimate goal is, is, is you're going to hear even when when we speak in July, the shared value, having that shared value of safety of safety, safety at the event, safety before the game, safety during and safety after the game, which happens through the shared value of, of protocols and understanding one another's protocol. How, how can we collaborate? How can we be better? You know, how can we lean on one another and, and in leaning on one another, learn from one another? Right. I think one thing we can greatly benefit from EMS is just the amount of training, uh, rehearsal, um, upgrading uh, policies and procedures, protocols, things like that, but just equipment use and how best to uh, to implement the emergency action plan uh, when something is needed. And uh, this will give an opportunity for, for again, more, more collaboration with that. Um, so, you know, other counties don't have it as good as we have it. And some athletic trainers or EMS people get frustrated with uh, uh, a response or something that happens in that. But how would you encourage other athletic trainers or other EMS groups around the state, uh, the country, to uh, better collaborate um, in providing better communication and quality care? Well, I would say, uh, honestly, Jim, I would, I would really 
advocate for them to to look at the model. Look at the model that that, that you gentlemen over at JSMP or, or your team rather at JSMP ha, has done and what Duval County Public School has done because it's really extending that that branch and saying, hey, look, this is what we're doing in 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 high school football and reaching out to JFRD and, and the fire department say, hey, and we want you to be a part of that. It's building that that sense of community saying, hey, you have your protocols. We have our protocols. Now let's bring them together to make things work for the community. And and the more we do that, the more we're going to have innovation, the more we're going to have creativity, the more we're going to branch out in terms of how we do things and to develop protocols that that maybe it's not just a, a first responder uh, protocol, but it becomes some type of hybrid protocol that that better suits the need of, of the of the student athlete in Duval County. And I would say that that is where I would start if it was someone looking in from the outside and say, hey, look, let's not reinvent the wheel, but let's build on what they've done there. Exactly. Um, you know, one area we work on together is um, uh, spinal motion restriction and uh, for the C-spine patient. And we've learned a lot from EMS about the use or disuse of, of backboards and what the protocols, how they've changed and things like that. But we've also um, learned a lot from each other about how the uh, sports equipment is always evolving, especially helmets, uh, uh, removal tools, uh, the snaps, the the push button or releases on helmets, and, and those things are not always available at the at the younger level. But so there's a an opportunity to teach one another about equipment upgrades, changes, and how things are going uh, in that realm, and just to learn how how y'all handle things. Um, I dating myself, but after 50 years, I had my first knee dislocation on the field. And it was, we had team physician, we had the MS people there, but it was very interesting to, um, to manage that situation. Let's put it that way. And to learn from one another. Um, sometimes we've dealt with those situations in the training and sometimes we haven't, but uh, you've always got to be prepared and uh, I'm getting a favorite quote uh, by, I think, Denny Kellington, who was the athletic trainer that initiated CPR on DeMar Hamlin. And he just said, I was ready. And I think that's just a, a mantra that we need to uh, to keep in play that, one, am I ready? And I was ready. When the time came, I was ready. I was trained. I was uh, ready to respond in that. I think that's a, a good mantra for all of us, I'm trying to get everybody to give us a, a T-shirt for that this year at our uh, July meeting. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I was ready. We can pass those out this year. Yeah. So um, talk about uh, the benefit of emergency action plans and why, again, we're kind of redundant here, but why is it important to train and practice these plans at least on an annual basis? I think y'all have regular re, regular schedule programs where me we may only have once or maybe twice a year where we do this, but it's doing that and getting it back on the real practical individual school level. So what's I guess what's the benefit and what's your encouragement to uh, you really need to pay attention to this and comply with the training part of it. Well, Jim, I think you said it best when you, when you said that that should be our, our mantra. You know, hey, I was ready. I was ready. The emergency action plan, reviewing it, consistently having it in place, um, implementing it and discussing it in the medical timeout, discussing it beforehand, you know, sending updates to the responding crews. 
Um, and when I say crews, I mean our, our you know, our, our fire personnel, fire and EMS personnel, you know, it's just ensuring that, that we are ready, you know, that we're ready. If something does happen, we're ready to respond, you know, whether, whether it's uh, an incident on the field, whether it's a uh, weather stoppage. I mean, we live in Florida, it's going to rain, you know, it's going to rain and lightning is going to accompany that rain. And we need to know what to do, you know, at any given moment, the hundreds of people that may be in the stands, they need to know what to do in those instances. So it's just that consistency and being ready and, and applying that state of readiness, you know, which comes with preparation. Excellent. So um, uh, what other initiative, do you see any initiatives, put your, uh, put your um, crystal ball on here. What <laughs> other initiatives do you see in the future uh, to better improve our communication between healthcare providers? And, you know, I, I thought about, this for a while, even before now, and I actually mentioned it to a couple of the athletic trainers. One group that I'm affiliated with is the Jacksonville Emergency Medical Auxiliary, which is our auxiliary staff for for Jacksonville Fire and Rescue Department. And I think more cross lateral training, you know, would be great. Just because, just the more we understand each other's world and and the roles that we play the more we're going to be able to really perform when we get in those in the trenches, so to speak. So I would say more cross-lateral training, more initiatives of, of kind of bringing the community of sports together, like making one thing I would love to see is Jacksonville become the hub of, 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 of sports, the sports community and, and how we respond with our initiatives, with our strategies and things of that nature. Then we, we move out of our silos, you know, and I think that this is a great place to start with what we do is it's not just about going for us as a, an agency. It's not just about going on, on fire calls or rescue calls, but it's how do we give back to the community? How do, and one way we do that is through high school football. What touches a community like high school football? You know, you have parents there, you have kids there, athletic trainers, college coaches, you know, the Jaguars coming to the games. You know, it's just it's just building that community. So really getting out of the silos, cross lateral training and and, and being bold enough to say, hey, man, how can we unite as a community? I think that's important. That That's great. That's great. I appreciate that because. Um, we we don't we're not looking for publicity, but we are looking for collaboration, and we don't want a Demar Hamlin incident to have to occur yeah. here for it to get the momentum to, you know, everybody go get AEDs or everybody get a cold water immersion tub because so many initiatives have come out of tragedies or near tragedies and things like mm-hmm. that. So we want to be proactive in our preparation and positive in getting our messages out uh sports we're about sports safety but uh things happen uh you know jsmp we're concerned about heat head and heart issues as well as sickle cell things and the the things that can cause sudden death in athletics so we're trying to uh just learn everything we can learn from our interprofessional relationships like jfrd and the ems world out there like i like how you say the the understanding one another's world you know it is one world but we gotta we all kind of live in our planets and we got to understand to get on the same page in that so this is all excellent information we appreciate everything you're doing and uh before we go tell me a little bit about your doctorate and what's your why you got into that what you wanted to accomplish what's that bring to the table so man i i there's an old saying and i, I don't want to misquote it but uh so i'll paraphrase it and, and, and it says that education is the kindling of a fire. And so for me, I want my fire to consistently be kindled, man. I want to consistently grow. Uh, and so I I wanted to 
become and pursue my doctorate in public administration because it just it allowed me to be better at my job. It's gonna it's gonna cause me to grow and and, and even branch out of 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 the dynamic of simply just the fire department. But I, I'm able to see the public administrative side of, of, of business here within Jacksonville, you know, and once you start, <laughs> I was actually talking to somebody about this today. Once you start sitting in classes with different people, you'll see how people see the world differently, you know, and that's not always a bad thing. You know, it's, it's a good thing because it causes us to really understand one another. And, and so, for me, that that's one of the the impetus of just consistently wanting to grow and wanting to challenge myself and wanting to 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 be more to be able to give back to my community. So that's the driving piece. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Youth Sports Safety Update. Our mission is dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and injury prevention. The Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program is the managing partner of the Florida Alliance of Sports Medicine, or FASMED, which is a statewide coalition of sports medicine physicians who are engaged in promoting the highest level of high school sports safety through education, awareness, and access to medical resources to keep kids safe. Guests of the show are stakeholders of youth sports safety. Views and conclusions expressed in this program are those of the guest and not necessarily those of the employees, administrators, or associated staff of JSMP and does not imply endorsement of any product, surface, or opinion discussed. All material in this program is provided for information only and should not be construed as professional advice. Any use of this podcast without the express written consent of the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program or FASMED is strictly prohibited. For more information to access important resources on youth sports safety, visit our website at jaxsmp.com. The Youth Sports Safety Update is a production of the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. Your host and producer today is Jim Mackey. Join us again soon. Thank you very much and please stay safe.